Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. So um, our topic today is, um, you know, 10 tips for uh, growth hacking your property management business. So, and I have a guest here with me, which I'll introduce in just a moment. Um, but let's define growth hacking. It It is an interesting term. I, I like this term, but uh, a lot of people, including myself, did not know what the full definition until I went on the Google and uh, looked it up in the Wikipedia. So growth hacking is a marketing technique which uses creativity, analytical thinking, and social metrics to sell products and or gain exposure. Specifically, you know, most, most growth hackers focus on um, a low-cost and innovative kind of alternatives, uh, alternatives to the traditional media or traditional marketing ways. So I am going to go ahead and introduce five growth hacking uh, um, opportunities that I see biggest opportunities that I see for property managers um, to improve and grow their business. I have a guest with me. His name is Jordan Mueller. He's our co-host. I'll let him give us a bit more of an introduction and open with his first growth hack. All right. Welcome, Closers. Jordan Mueller here, CEO of Lead Simple. We provide software for property managers to be able to manage their lead nurturing and their sales process and to be able to close more leads. First number one item for growth hacks on my list is productized rental reports. Mm. We see a lot of companies that have different offers. An offer is basically an enticement or a way to actually get somebody in the door. An offer could be anything from a offering a 10% discount to establishing um, some kind of a exchange of information for an email address. A lot of different offers out there. This one is popular. So it's, it's popular to um, have the offer of find out how much your home will rent for. It's a very straightforward, basic proposition. Every consumer understands what they're being offered. Now, the uh, the tricky part is to actually get people to bite because you have a lot of people putting this offer out there. You have far fewer people that are successfully making this something that appears attractive and not just kind of a, a salesy way to get people to contact you. And so what I'm suggesting here is productized rental reports. What I mean by that is twofold. First, number one, providing a rental report that is actually interesting, value-added, well-designed, something people would want to have and feel like that they gained some useful information. So this is not you writing on the back of a napkin or writing in a Word document, formatting things on your own, although it could be that if you put in a lot of effort. I would suggest, for example, working with a company like Rent Range, which has some really nice, slick, well-put-together reports. Uh, These reports can also be customized, so you can use your brand logo, your brand colors, etc. It's a slick product deliverable, slick sales collateral. Secondary thing is when you get people to your website and you're offering this, um, this report, taking it and taking a miniaturized image of it and then using that as a part 
of the enticement. When you're telling somebody that they're going to get this report, they need to see some kind of a uh, visual ahead of time to know that they're actually going to get something of value. Here's a company that does this really well, Renters Warehouse. You can go to renterswarehouse.com website, pick a given uh, branch, and then act like you're going to go ahead and contact them just to see the contact us form. And on that contact us form, they do display kind of a preview graphic of the report, really slick, really well done, and very inexpensive. This is a great offering that will allow you to get a lot more mileage out of whatever traffic you're currently driving through your website. That's my first growth hack, Alex. Wow, I did not see that one coming. Uh, this is uh, this is great, Jordan. This is a good one. I, I'm speechless. Um, of course, um, once you start getting those leads coming in, um, people that want to download a report and see how much their house can rent for, um, they may not be ready to work with you right off the bat. I guarantee you almost, let's say what we say, 80% are not there yet. Yeah. So my growth hack has to do with um, about everything, uh, actually everything that has to do with marketing and growing your business, but it also augments your specific growth hack by having the content to be able to trickle and uh, uh, nurture this lead into uh, into your uh, uh, into working with you when they're ready. So my first one is called content. It's basically content. And let me just this statistic blew my mind. Um, well, I've been speaking about this, and people already know that eighty percent of all searches out there on the internet are long tail, meaning people asking Google questions, just like you would ask your buddy. Uh, you ask Google. Google becomes your know-it-all friend. Now, what the statistic that blew my mind was the fact that, did you know, that Amazon.com makes 50%, 57% of its sales from keywords outside of popular terms. Okay? What it means is, you know, not shoes, but green shoes that go up to my knee for fishing. Wow. <laughs> 57%. So just imagine, and I, I, I'm talking about making sales, not just a search volume, right? So uh, content is by far the foundational way to have the, uh, uh, to monetize just about every avenue of your business, including productized, as you call them, Jordan, productized rental property reports. But also your website, also lead nurturing from your pay-per-click, also just having people show up on your website from all these other searches. And let me just give you an example of a content. For people who haven't seen us or don't know the work that Foreign Hub does, you know, we're a content marketing company, but uh, this isn't something that you really need to hire somebody for. This is an ultimate growth hack. For example, five ways to remodel your rental property in Chattanooga, to cash flow in 2016. Boom. Awesome. Boom. That's your um, article. Now, you know, let's say 50 people will find it in the next 60 days. Out of those 50 people, how many of them you think have a rental property in Chattanooga that need that they're thinking about remodeling? Aha, uh-huh, most of them. So, anyway, content is my number one. I think um, those number one are big powerful ones. I think people can just press pause right now and go implement these two things. <laughs> totally agree. Now, it's what I love about content is that you produce the article and you're thinking to yourself, all right, I put the blog post out there. Where are all the leads? Well, it doesn't quite work like that, right? It's not like you publish it and all these leads start coming. The whole model here is that you produce the content and you get the value 
over an extended period of time. So whatever the content investment you make, you get to amortize the cost over the next 5, 10, 15 years. That's what's crazy to me about content. It just It's the gift that keeps on giving. It ages really well. And additionally, so your point about Amazon.com, Amazon, that stat, 57%, that does blow my mind. But can we agree that the only reason that that is possible is because Amazon delivers the goods, meaning that they have the content? Why do you shop at Amazon? The reviews. Right. I always go there. They have bucket loads of content. That's why they are my preferred vendor. So that's uh, that dovetails pretty well with my next one, a little bit of overlap there. My next one is to build a lead nurturing program. And Alex, we're both big, big fans of that. So I'm kind of going to be preaching to the choir here a bit, but lead nurturing is so valuable because attitudinally in terms of the perspective, lead nurturing is basically saying, instead of thinking I'm going to get a lead and if it doesn't convert in the 14 days, it's trash and I'm going to throw it in the garbage. You're basically saying this lead is in reality a person with real person type problems. Maybe they're not quite ready to buy. They're ready two months from now, two years from now. So the focus here is on developing relationships and facilitating that through automation. Um, as a lead provider, somebody who's provided a lot of leads to companies, I have seen what happens with most companies in terms of their follow-up. Follow-up typically isn't pretty in the short term, and it's pretty much non-existent in the long term. If you are doing that, if you have poor long-term follow-up, you are basically burning half of your leads. They're going straight in the trash can. And I have people push back from time to time and say, oh, well, if, if they don't close the first, you know, on the first phone call or second phone call, they're a tire kicker. We've got to get away from that attitude. We've got to focus on nurturing long-term relationships. And just like Alex was saying, the reality is how you win them is how you keep them. So if you lead with value, particularly in the form of content, and if you follow up with value, you are building brand equity, you're building buying preference. When this person is ready to buy two months from now, two years from now, when their brother, sister, uncle, aunt, friend is ready to buy, you will own the mind share for that consumer. For any given product category, for myself, for Alex, for those that are listening, when you think about buying a new car, when you think about buying a set of tires or grocery shopping, there's a very small number of brands that you think of and that come to mind. This Having a lead nurturing program in place is how you develop the ability and the right to own mindshare of your consumers when they think about their rental properties and actually having somebody manage those. So the basic mechanism here that we're talking about is setting up a, uh, a process, particularly via email automation, where we, we pair the high-quality content that Alex was just talking about with well-timed, relevant emails that are being fed out over an extended period of time. This would be anywhere from 12 to 24 months. Um, and the reality is that very few companies are doing this. And why that matters, it means it's a blue ocean. It's a wide open opportunity. And you always want to be competing in the blue ocean type spaces. Alex, I know that you've done lead nurturing program. You've helped your clients with that. Tell me that you've seen the same kind of engagement that I've seen. Well, so it is it, – it defines a company. So first of all, the first – the top three things we just said are, are all kind of – you know, they're kind of Lego pieces, right? They are Lego pieces, really. One wouldn't stand alone as well. If you just provide the property reports, you're probably going to close a few more deals, but it's not going to be as beneficial. If you do just content and nothing else, it's going to still close you some business. But, you know, as you said, it'll take some time. That Now, lead nurturing and plug them all, all together, and that's really a powerful kind of a one big growth hack. Um, but so it, reality of the matter is people absolutely love this. And and the first drawback I see here is people say, okay, well, that's, first of all, too expensive, and I don't have the kind of time. 
like, yeah, this is fine. You guys are techies. You're sitting up here, you know, in, on your Skype interviews, and you're so eloquently, you know, describing my brand equity of, you know, all these other big words. But the problem is, I, yo, know, I'm just, I, 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 I do property management. You know, I don't do, <laughs> you know, I don't do email follow up technology stuff. So, and and for those, I would say, well, luckily, Brendan and I do. Uh, sorry, Jordan and I do this. Um, and, and, you know, we offer, you know, I don't want to turn this into a pitch, but it, yeah, a lot of times I listen to a podcast and I say, okay, I want to buy something. How do I buy it? And people don't. So if you want to buy something, I think this is a time for you to check out Lead Simple four and a half because we kind of paired up for this specific reason. I had to put this plug in because I think we, I think that's the lowest possible cost into lead nurturing, complete lead nurturing, you know, sales process and email marketing follow up. Does that make sense? Totally. But you could do it on your own. I mean, let's just say you could do it on your own. Absolutely. You know, by, by hand if you wanted to. Not, you know, wouldn't recommend it. Wouldn't be the most efficient. But however you get it done, develop the content, build the lead nurturing program. Uh, to be honest with you, us here at Four and a Half being a marketing company, I wouldn't say we have a very good lead nurturing program. I can tell you for sure that our customers have better systems than we do. <laughs> Is that ridiculous? I swear to you. <laughs> right now, that's the case. I'm open. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's something for prospective clients to be excited about. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I've seen the tech, the tech setup that you guys have, and yeah, it, it's effective. It works. People read the emails. They respond. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. All right. So let's uh, kick it this into back into gear, and I'm going to come up with my second growth hack. Um, you probably not know this. Uh, you probably know what I'm going to say, I, but I have to say it. And I've been singing this for a long time, years and years, four and a half years to be exact. It's called reputation, right? Mm. Without, I mean, without reputation, you might as well don't even try. Just don't try. Um, it is you, you, you will um, without putting focus on um, asking your happy customers to give you the testimonial online in the channels where other people trust. It's very important. You open Google and a few others um, be, without posting this on your website in a way that people can um, see that it's real. Um, you, you, you may win a battle or two, but you will lose a war, the war. Uh, I mean, there's really nothing else to say on this. It's that paramount. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's uh, it is a big deal. And at the end of the day, you're basically just catering to the reality of how people search. We are all consumers that buy things. When I want to buy things, I go into Google and I look for reviews. That's just what I do. It doesn't matter what I'm, I'm buying. And property management isn't immune to that. So, you know, you, again, you can think of it as a, a hack or a way to get, it, get ahead. But the reality, we're coming up on 2016. This is just necessary for your survival. Alex said, if you're, not, if, if you're ambivalent about this, you're demonstrating a level of apathy that, that in some ways would make me question if you really are wanting to even grow in the first place. Yeah. Well, another thing, Jordan, yeah, growth and survival are, are, you know, True. are on the line here. Well, another thing uh, worth mentioning is, um, you know, it, it, it's the ultimate, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, it's the ultimate equalizer. Mm-hmm. You know, True. A, a company has been around for a year versus a company has been around for 20 years. The company that is a, is a newer company can can look to the prospective consumer better than the 10-year company, even though it's not the case. Uh, people look at two things. 
one reputation. People look at star rankings and reviews, but they also look at number of reviews, your review capital, I call it. If your review capital is low and you have three five-star reviews, that's not going to help you. Uh, It'll help you a little bit, right? It'll give you a chance to speak to them. But if you are a 10-year-old company with 300 reviews and, you know, four and a half star average ranking, you're going to outsell that new company every time. Except that if the new company got 300 reviews, now you're in trouble and you have 10. Um, so it's the ultimate equalizer. It brings it, it, it gives the, it, the new people a chance to uh, uh, provide a better customer experience and get business in exchange for it. And additionally, in terms of the equalizer factor, I mean, what we're doing is just acknowledging the property management is in a unique spot. How many businesses have these dual kind of customer bases? Property managers, they deal with owners and they deal with tenants. And one of these groups of people is way more motivated to lead reviews. I just want to read briefly a review that I took a screenshot of early on, way back in 2009. This was kind of like an eye-opening experience for me. This is a, a, lead, a review from a tenant And just a very long, lengthy review, but the money quote was, renters, this is your warning. Do not rent from them. Just don't. You will look back on the year you live in one of their properties like a POW looks back (laughs) at being held in a tiger pit with bamboo shoved up his fingernails. Oh. (laughs) my, My point here, you have this segment of the population that enjoys, like takes pleasure, spends artistic effort in leaving negative reviews. If you're ambivalent and you don't want to work or fight against that, I don't know what to tell you. Artistic effort, yes. We've seen some really, really interesting ones out there. But you know, they, they don't have to represent your business. You can tell me, oh, I'm a property manager. I'll get bad ones. I'll get owners because of that. Well, sure, right? Um, but a lot of times tenants that artistic creativity won't necessarily turn into the truthful review right. you, know, you evicted them because they're deadbeat but they'll so eloquently describe their experience that other people will, won't believe how cruel you are right and people people look at the stars they don't read every review but i mean if you have one star one star is one star yep. one star is bad one star in many reviews is terrible but yeah ask your good customers in property management it's easy to augment or i'm sorry it's easy to turn around your reputation easy enough i would say easy enough you have all these in a restaurant not so much you better have excellent food excellent service all the time property management you have your 200 tenants you know, you, you do 40 repairs a month. You know, interview those people. Get those people on the record, and you're good. Totally agree. So what do you got for number three, sir? All right. My next one is throttling pay-per-lead services. So there's a lot of pay-per-lead services out there that you guys are already familiar with. You're all property management, management property, geek real estate marketing. There's a bunch of different options out there. And the reason that I, I'm interested and I like pay-per-lead services is two things. Number one, it's a value-for-value value transaction. I could also list off a lot of directories where you pay money for an ad and who knows what you're going to get. That's a sketchy you know, proposition. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not, but I can't have the same kind of unqualified universal endorsement. With pay-per-lead, I can tell you two things. Number one, the math adds up. So based on what we do as a software provider, we get kind of aggregate bird's eye view of these services, and I can tell you all of them work. Now, for some individuals, they definitely won't work. And if you can't efficiently close the leads, maybe you're one of those folks, you tried it and you found out it didn't work. But if you have a good conversion rate, all of these lead services are effective. And the attitude that I tend to see from folks is, well, I'm going to choose. Should I do pay-per-click or should I do 
pay per lead or use APM or management property. And in my mind, if you're not focused on aggressively growing your management company, that could be an appropriate question. Let's say, for example, you just want to stay steady. Well, to stay steady, you do have to sign new contracts, right? Market's turning, there's a sell-off. So just to stay at the same place, you do have to be signing new contracts. So it could be that you want to stay at the same place and you want to get, you know, do a little bit of marketing just to stay, just to stand in place. But if you have any ambitions to aggressively grow, none of these lead sources is going to provide you on their own enough leads to aggressively grow. The most aggressively growing companies that we see claw their way into every single lead source available and combine all of them together to actually have something that's really going to work. Of course, you want to be tracking the results um, for each one of these individual lead providers, but the idea of pitting them against each other like it's either or is really on you a question of whether or not either or you're actually trying to grow your your management company high, very aggressively or whether or not you're just happy for you know a couple of contracts here and there. So if you're trying to grow aggressively, throttle paper lead, get qualified leads wherever they can come from. And the focus should always be on ROI. And ROI is a function of what you're willing, of what you can afford to pay per contract. So cost per contract, which is a function of customer lifetime value for most of the clients that we work with. If you have a raw one business, if you have strong retention, if you have appropriate upsells, et cetera, your customer lifetime should be high enough that it should more than justify paying a reasonable price for lead per lead from more than one vendor that's my net that's my my next one that's a good one i actually we we kind of align on this one i i have a ppc or pay-per-click as the next growth hack and the reason why i call it growth hack is because exactly what you mentioned a part of what what you what, what you mentioned and that is a lifetime customer value so um in reality, and, and we did this this previous two episodes, we did an interview with Mike Catalano where we talked about uh, buying or selling a property management company. If you want to go out and buy a property management company, buy accounts, you're going to pay 10 to 18 times the monthly payment, Okay, that mean, which simply means on a $100 per month flat fee property management service, you will be paying at least $1,200 to acquire one property under management, okay? Let me, let me say that again. If you go out and buy 100 unit property management companies, you will, at the minimum, pay $1,200 per property to acquire this. Now, growth hacking means that as we find a definition, we find alternative means to traditional marketing. Traditional marketing or traditional growth, acquisition is traditional growth. It has been around since companies been around. But... The reality is, if you go out and maximize your Google pay-per-click budget, you should have a lot less of the uh, um, of the cost per lead or cost per contract than you would by acquiring a property management company. So let me give you an example. If you have a properly set up Google AdWords campaign, if you have a landing page, if you have a trackable phone number, if your sales staff, you know, if you, if you answer the call, the calls, you can go as low as three hundred or you know three to four hundred dollars per contract. That's half price. That's growth hacking, baby. That is the definition of growth hacking: half price management. I'm sorry, half price properties to manage. PPC is your ticket. That's my number three. PPC is reliable, 
and it's steady. It's something that you can count on. So yes, there are definitely a lot of attractive aspects to pay-per-click. And you know, the benefit of pay-per-click is that you're owning more of the asset involved as opposed to with pay-per-lead services, all you're getting is that lead. So yeah, there's definitely a, you know, it's a great option. It's a great option. So my next option is uh, kind of a similar tweak in this progression here is calling FRBOs for rent by owner. Mm. Now, now we're in some kind of different territory. We, of the companies that we work with that have a portfolio management model, we tend to see this from time to time, kind of a, a new property manager that's starting from scratch will be very aggressive with a lot of outbound stuff. So maybe visiting realtor offices, also calling signs, calling um, for rent by owners, et cetera. But we tend to not see this as much at scale. I think part of the reason of that is that it's fundamentally a discipline, right? Nobody wants to be picking up the phone and dialing people where they're unsure if that other person wants to be talking to them. So there's a little bit of just kind of call aversion. That's a big part of it. The other part of it is where do I get the, the list from? The other part of it is, is this real? Who's doing it? Well, I can tell you, it's just another lead source. That's all it is. So it may or may not work for you depending on whether or not you actually have a coherent script. If you have a good list, scripts are a big deal. You definitely want to invest in having a script so you're not winging this. In terms of the list, there are places where you can get lists. You can get lists from from pmleads.com, for example. pmleads.com provides a daily list of FRBOs in your area. They're scrubbed, deduplicated, etc. You know, that's one option. I'm, I'm, I don't have any kind of an affiliate relationship with them, so I couldn't say too much, but that's an option. That's a place where you can get the list from. It doesn't have to be you uh, manually compiling this stuff in an Excel spreadsheet, which is kind of a pain. Rentometer and Rent Range also will provide lists, cold people that you can call. So this requires some discipline. It's not the sort of thing that I necessarily suggest trying to um, do intermittently. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, time box it. Have a dedicated and uh, delegated person in your company to focus on this activity. But calling FRBOs, if you have the right structure, it's another thing to try. Hmm, that is a good one. I I've uh, lost any kind of uh, not only respect but F, uh, you know uh, any kind of let's say. Um, Realism behind outbound strategies. Maybe uh, we can stop here for just a second. I want to kind of pick your brain. I don't. I, I, I don't get any m- many more uh, uh, outbound calls. You know, except that when it's a, the computer is calling. Uh, hello, the, you know, this is President Obama. Lowered the mortgage rates, and you get that phone call right from the automated dialer, auto dialer, auto dialer. Um, it, do you do you find it working? Do you know anyone that it worked for? So, so let's look at perspective by looking at an adjacent industry. And the best adjacent industry here is real estate. In the real estate world, the outbound dialing model is established, tried and true. It may be equally as an unpleasant because, like I said, no one likes cold calling. But in terms of the math, it's proven people build businesses off of it. Let me give you some basic math. I was at a uh, a real estate training event this weekend. Actually, I happened to be talking to a couple of agents, and the model here of doing the math would be something along these lines. A thousand dials equals a hundred calls, which equals five nurtures. And out of those nurtures, let's say that leads to two actual conversions. Uh-huh. And a, nur- a nurture is somebody who actually has 
they're, they are genuinely qualified. They have a felt need in a reasonable amount of time, and they're not committed to working with somebody else. So that's kind of the basic math of the pipeline, right? I mean, what we're talking about is a activity-based model, which fundamentally is what I believe in for sales. Rather than saying it's all about having the magic phrases and how you, you know, stare people in the eye, I'm about an activity-based model and perspective when it comes to sales. That's easier to do with inbound because inbound is just a little bit more pleasant. People are already qualified and they're contacting you. But yes, it does work for outbound. A lot of the, you know, the real estate world is built on top of that. It just doesn't happen to be as mature or built out here in, in the property management world. Even though, yes, like I said, we definitely have some clients that do it. I just don't think that they do it with the same level of scale scale and process that I think would make it a long-term channel for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, here's how I view outbound. We do quite a bit of it here in four and a half. I'm, first of all, I'm with you on activity-based sales. That's all about activity. Um, and, and the way we do this is we do well, 10 well-researched called, I won't call them calls, but called reach-outs per day, per person. And the way it works is the topic of the email is always something to tune off you know, and we'll obviously send it to property managers when say, how is your property management, you know, get uh, st- get started on your 2016 property management marketing plan or something other than what is so relevant, they can't help themselves by open. Same thing with landlords. If property managers go after, go in after landlords and just blindly dial for dollars, I think that's a, I, 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 I you know, getting five nurtures out of a thousand would be okay. But the effort to do a thousand dials, Jordan, without the auto dialer, is you know you got to pay that salesperson for three days, ten days. Right. <laughs> well, so 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 the, the, the you bring up an interesting point. The auto dialer definitely is a big component, but even without an auto dialer, we're talking about somewhere between you know I would say for a thousand dials, we're probably talking about somewhere between four and eight hours, depending on how committed you are and focused you are. Um, so yeah, it's it's daunting. There's no there's no doubt about it. But that's where that script parlaying what you're saying. That's where the script comes into play. You have to have something to say beyond buy from me, and that's fundamentally what we're talking about. If you're if the extent of your communications with prospects is buy from me, you're you're losing. You have to have relevant, interesting things to say. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. So so when you reach out and and then the, the content of the email that we send out is not you know. Four and a half will solve all your marketing problems forever. It's like, here's your free book to start your marketing plan. Okay, we wrote it just for you. Here's a couple articles and videos we've done specifically to help you start planning for 2016. You know, and if you'd like to set up a call, we're here for you, but here are your resources. And that's it. We disengage, okay? And then we come for another pass in about a week, right? With an email and a phone call to follow up and see if any of the resources resonated and stuff like that. And obviously, we get notifications when emails are being opened. Uh, we can pick up the phone and call as soon as the email is open and read. You know, we get lead notifications. I mean, we're pretty high tech here. But, but um, the point is, it, it needs. I think I think quality over quantity on an outbound trumps any day. I mean, think about if you catch a landlord. If you can figure out evictions and somehow grab, get your hands on a list of evictions and, and find those landlords and e- emailing these guys your blog on evictions, I mean, you will just clean up. I don't know if there are lists like that are available, but anyway, that's a food for thought for everyone who's listening. Um, go ahead. No, the, the, I, I'm I'm lost. Did I, so the next, next one's yours. Next point is yours. Yeah, man. next one is mine. Um, all right, so yeah, outbound, I think... 
we're in sort of alignment. We both have a uh, both have a uh, belief in it, but um, there's there's we can have a whole podcast on on outbound, which we probably should. Um, but my 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 next one is surprising. You like I'm gonna watch your eyebrows right now because we're on video. Um, I, I can see them rise. Let's see. Uh, I'd say I'd say that number four tip is join local organizations. Mm, okay, very so, interesting. And, and let me just to, there's two two reasons here. First of all, you're a local business. A property management company is a local business. You have a territory. You have a and real estate it's known as a farm. You have your farm. You have your territory. You're not going to manage houses outside of that because that's not profitable for you. You want to manage them in your territory. So, my, there's two strategies here. One is physically get to know people and become the community pillar, pillar of your right. community. Maybe you already are, but you can do more. Chamber of Commerce, r- Rotary Clubs, uh, teach classes. This is a big hack on its own. Teach classes at the community college. Or another big hack that I'm going to give it away. It's a secret. I tell you, I am. I spoke to our rental, uh, local rental housing association here in Hayward. They're around the corner from us. They have... Like they have twenty four thousand landlords that <laughs> that are actually East Bay Rental Association has like twenty four thousand member landlords wow. and I, and I, yeah and it looks ridiculous and I asked him like how many uh, property management companies are your affiliates just like oh we have two like I can't believe these guys are eating all your lunches and all your dinners and breakfasts and and. Uh, you know how could you not be a part of Rental Housing Association and do classes for these people. Teach them something, and 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 so that's part, part first strategy is just going after your know, boots on the ground. Enjoy, talk to people, make yourself known in the community. You know, let them know you're a property manager. That's a, you know, they need to know who you are, and then you'll get referrals. You start getting business that way. And the second element here is SEO. Okay, what I'm saying is the value of the link from your local college or rental housing association or chamber of commerce. A link. It's coming to your website is huge. I don't even care if anybody presses that button or, or presses the link on the college website that lists you as an instructor in your company website and you as the CEO of your company. The point is you'll get huge boost of SEO and all things being equal, and it's actually called citation. So the backlink or link from the association to your website is called a citation. All things being equal in a competitive search landscape. The company with the highest quality citations and the largest quantity of citations win that's how you get to search position number one you have the content you have the structure you have everything in place now you have high quality backlinks of citations coming to your website from highly uh, authoritative institutions or associations you are going to trump your competitors so join local organizations make sure you're listed um you know even toastmasters club right make sure you're listed on their website uh with your website link and you will win. Love it. Relationships, branding, taking the long-term perspective, and giving back. This is one that's actually has a feel-good element to it. You're actually serving your local community, being engaged. So it's a long-term one, that's for sure, right? I mean, we just agree that that's not going to generate, you know, a buttload of leads in the next two weeks. It's a long-term play, which as business owners, this is fundamentally how you win is being long, having long-term thinking and having your business driven by that. That's how I think about it anyway. Cool. All right. So we got a few minutes. Hit me with your number five and let's see if we can align on that one. My number five is having a growth plan. We are on 
today, just to date this podcast, December 3rd, 2015, we're about to be coming up on 2016. And so your goal right now should be to audit 2015. What the heck happened? Where did all of your potential inbound inquiries come from? Number of leads from each lead source. What was your conversion rate? And let's be honest here, for the vast majority of management companies, this is not push button. There is not some report out there that has this. You may have reporting, but the question of whether or not your reporting is actually accurate, that's a real question mark. And so this is the time to go back and whether or not you have a system and some reporting, something like some type of CRM, something like Lead Simple. If you don't have that, then collect it, generate a spreadsheet. If you have a CRM, scrub it, clean it up. Audit 2015, what worked, what didn't, and then let's actually begin to kind of use that as the jumping off point for strategizing about the next year. At the end of the day, having a goal and having a plan is going to force you to make certain decisions. When we think about you know what we'd like to see happen in 2016, it could either be growth, which is kind of this general ambiguous thing, and there's a million different ways to get to growth because it effectively could mean one new contract or a thousand new contracts. That is fundamentally different than having a specific number in mind. So my suggestion is write it down. Write down how many additional contracts, how many additional properties do you want to gain in 2016 and then work backwards to understand what do we need to do to get there. If we want to gain 100 new contracts, how many leads are we going to have to generate? How many leads are we going to have to generate and what is our conversion rate going to have to be to actually boil down to 100 new contracts? So we want to do the math backwards. We want to have a plan and then we want to write down the specific line items and see if it actually jives. If we say that we need, let's say we have a 10% conversion rate, so we need a thousand leads, 10% of those will convert into contracts. If that's the case, where are we going to generate a thousand leads from in 2016? If your current top two lead sources in 2015 generated you no more than 200 leads, then you need, you know, you need to start hustling. You need to start scrambling and figuring out how we're actually going to make this math work. So that's my last point. Have a growth plan and work the plan. Yeah, I, actually, so we align on this one. I, I had something else written down, but I'm going to go ahead and go with yours. Um, awesome. It's, it's just, just having having a marketing plan and, and business growth plan in place is is acceptable. We get we get tactical a lot. Like this ten growth. Uh, um, hacks that we you and i just went over you know what happens is somebody goes out and just start start pounding the pavement and doing the join local organization sounds like what they want to do they're going to go and do it well without the content without the lead nurturing without the reputation that's kind of a bit of a waste isn't it it's i mean yeah you'll get some but uh you know you 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 won't get as much out of your time um you just won't Uh, so having a plan in place and strategically not just tactical implementation of specific elements and you know uh, um, you know strategically review your business and, and you're right i what i do um you know i gather data just just exactly what you said uh, jordan you got you know, leads we got you know how many we closed where they came from uh what lead channels we used which you know how much what was the cost per lead from each individual lead channel and then we try to figure out what our closing ratio is and then what i do is i collect this data and then i just put it all in front of me and i start thinking about 2016 kind of take a couple days go to retreat and really plan out the business but you you know before you go to retreat you got to have all the data in place because mm-hmm. you know if you, right. have, if you don't if you don't you know you're going to do yourself a disservice by you know doing a lot of guesswork so have your data get your metrics in place 
and go out, you know, go out, take a couple of days off, you know, to take your mind off the grind and build a plan for your business. I'm with you on this 100%, Jordan. I think both you and I are doing this right now, aren't we? Absolutely. And yeah. hey, you know what? It's enjoyable. I really, I really deeply enjoy it. And it gives, it takes the pressure and the chaos off once the busyness starts in the new year because I know I have a plan and that's what I'm referencing. Right. Perfect. Well, I, you know, I want to thank you very much for taking uh, time out of your day to come and talk to uh, my pleasure to our fair audience here and, uh, you know, tell people where they can find you. So you can read more about what we do on leadsimple.com. Additionally, leadsimple.com forward slash sales course is where you can uh, get some of the resources just to understand a little bit more about our perspective on sales and growing your property management business. Perfect. And we are at fourandahalf.com. We work do property management uh, marketing and we work with Jordan's company as well. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye.